Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, You're listening to Sunday's episode of The Archers from BBC Radio 4. <laughs> 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 this is Dumpty Dum, the show about the reality docudrama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the graceful resignation that is Robert Wilson, and with me I have the pensioner temper tantrum, tantrum that is... Lucy Freeman. And the last part of the BL board bust-up, folks, is you. This week's Dumpty Dum is from Quentin Bennett. Cheating slightly, probably, but I really like that. It's a, Lucy, it's a sing-along it's, rather than a stand yes. though, but I, I liked it. I liked it. And in the email, he said uh, he thinks we should start a Dumpty Dum carpool karaoke. Maybe oh, to rival, <laughs> rival James Corden. <laughs> well, we'll have to develop that idea, I think. Lucy, if someone else wants to do something a bit like that... What should they do? If you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, leave us a plot prediction or blame your own son for wrecking his marriage with no evidence whatsoever, then call us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thank you to Cosmo for his podcast roundups, and for doing the Dumpty Dogs, Shambridge for her voices, Isabel McCurdy for helping Royfield, Mike Hatton for his character counts, and to Derek in the back bedroom. Uh, Derek wants me to correct something I said last week. I said that his girlfriend, Gail Force, who takes her inspiration from the president's friend, Stormy Daniels, um, had only appeared in amateur films. Apparently she's a professional and has appeared in many DVDs, including Shaving Private Ryan and Sea Boobies. And apparently she also (laughs) appeared in Celebrity Love Island um, as a sun lounger. (laughs) On this week's episode, we hear views from Miriam and from Witherspoon. But first, before all the calls, let's brace ourselves for Lucy V. Freeman's Week in Ambridge. So the Easter Bunny came to Ambridge. Hoppity, hoppity, hop it went. First of all, it visited Neil at Barrow, showing Susan round his new office. You've got such a lovely view, Neil, all over the sheds and a massive pile of pig shit. Let's have a picture of you whizzing around on your wheelie chair. As always, the Grundy boys have bonded over criminal activity. Ed is pretending he didn't understand what Will was going on about when he confessed about protecting Nick. To be honest, though, Ed's pretty good at pretending he doesn't understand things, largely because most of the time he doesn't. He still regards rain as the sky crying. But no fear, as Will himself is doing a cracking job of hiding his involvement in the car crash. You going to next, Will? Shall I run you down? What do you mean, run me down? (laughs) Leaping sky high every time he sees harassment burns, checking that children would be looked after if he had had to go suddenly away somewhere. If the investigating officer was anyone other than harassment, he'd be banged up by now. However, thankfully for Will, if Vladimir Putin was seen hanging around someone's front door with a bag full of funny-looking powder, harassment would offer to hold it for him. (laughs) has taken over the pigs. It is fair to say that Neil, never what one would exactly call impulsive, is being cautious. So far, he has allowed Rex to draw a picture of a pig and write (laughs) Pigman in wobbly capitals on his overalls with magic marker. (laughs) 
He spent one afternoon practising feeding fence posts and Neil said he'd done very well and had the makings of a first-class pigman. So in a year or two, Rex, I might let you see a real one. The first initial heady rush of excitement around the cheese-making course has tailed off. At first they had eight people. Eight? Imagine that. (gasps) Then she had one. This is a businesswoman, yes? Helen. So basically she advertised to the village. The eight people in the village, and frankly, I'm sorry, there were eight that were interested, said yes. And then that was it. It wasn't exactly a far-sighted business plan, was it? If she's the brains of the operation, got out the rest of them. She should consult Kate, who has managed to form an entire, apparently thriving business out of absolutely sod all. No training, no marketing, no infrastructure, no certification. Just a few Wendy houses and a woman called Eileen with a loofah and a bottle of patchouli. Helen's mother is no help, though. Uh, Pat has rekindled her sisterhood romance with Alwyn. They reminisced about green and common, pubic hair like the stuffing from a sofa, (laughs) the ND marches and Pat's terrible cooking. Henry, who still sounds like a juvenile budgie, insisted that Alwyn accompanied them to a cafe. How can I resist that little chubby face, said Alwyn. Steady, said Pat, we've all aged and there's no need to be rude. (laughs) Alwyn is living in her car, which is a lifestyle choice Brian could shortly be adopting if he makes any more enemies. There was a coup de famille, which allowed Adam to use his extra special throbbing with urgency voice. Slack Alice was particularly vengeful because nobody is more righteous than someone who's normally the one chin deep in the silage but has managed to dodge it. Debbie made buzzing Skype noises in a cross-sounding way and Ruth suddenly turned into Angela Lansbury in Murder, She Wrote. Aha, Brian, she said, popping out of the herbaceous border and adjusting her false beard and dark glasses. I put it to you that it was the Branford brothers, who frankly sound like they ought to be running a circus rather than a building company, that asked if they could fill your field with TCP. Well, no, said Brian, or rather, yes. But I did it for the best of motives, though. Money. Even Jenny, darling, suddenly woke up. It was like someone coming out of a two-decade coma. Brian, I've just realised you're a selfish egotist. Coffee, darling. Shula and Alistair's marriage continues to disintegrate. Rather than exploding dramatically like a Roman candle, it's sort of frizzling away like baked beans gradually sticking to the bottom of a pan. Eventually, even Alistair got the message that Shula would rather go and live in Alwyn's car with her than stay married to him. So he's gone off to stay with his dad at Green Knackers. I'm sure watching his dad fiddle with his organ every night will make him feel heaps better. (laughs) Jill has not taken the separation. Well, she fluffed up her feathers and went zooming around the village, banging into telegraph poles and hooting away. There was a bizarre episode in which I double-checked I'd been listening in the right order. as she came to her senses for a minute and said... Oh, I've done it again, haven't I? I overreacted, just like I did with Pip. And then the next mm-hmm. day, went marching round to Shula's, got her by the throat and said, for the love of God, why can't you just be miserable? It's what God would have wanted. <laughs> her advice to Shula was to put one foot in front of the other, which was Alan's advice to Will. Is the Archers now sponsored by Birkenstock or something? Is it for the BBC <laughs> campaign? Adam mm. and Ian are going to be at Lex's impregnation, the poor woman. They're very excited about it. But it'll be just like an elaborate smear test while Lexi tries to make casual conversation about celebrity master chef with the nurse, while the nurse says things like, You don't mean if I use oh, you don't mind if I use the gloves I had for the last lady, do you? Only the other ones are in the back of the fiesta and I can't find my keys. Don't go putting all your Easter eggs in one basket, boys. The end. <laughs> Very good. In the middle of your monologue, I must apologize. Someone started doing the hoovering outside my room. <laughs> I'm not living in a hostel, by the way. The <laughs> housemates have got the Dyson out, and they're, they're running it round. Um, it I'm very impressed mean. anybody anybody hoovers in your house. That's very good. How dare you? <laughs> we have a cleaner, you know. Oh, very good. She's not, she's not very good. Uh, in fact, she makes her husband do most of it. Which and, is why oh, Can you hear it now? It's coming very close to my door. Oh. I might be sucked off under it if, um, <laughs> if I'm not too careful. Chance will be a fine thing. Anyway, Ed and... Oh, there, it's off. This is, gonna, this is distracting me more than everyone else. I realise that. <laughs> Will and Ed. Yes. And this, um, this you know, in cahoots. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How That's long is this going to last? Well, I mean, as I said in the because monologue... dropping very... Sorry. Well, yeah, I mean... <laughs> When, when, when there was this ridiculous scene when, when um, Harrisman said, oh, Will's, Ed's just told me, and Will went, what did he tell you? It's all a lie. I never run her down. Oh, what? Sorry. Yeah. Oh, what? Next. Oh, yeah, no, that's fine. Um, then 
you know, if much more of those, and it, I mean, it, uh, Will sounds like a man on the edge, and I think he's going to dob himself yeah. in actually, because I don't think he yeah. can cope with the the pressure of keeping it quiet. But that's yet another Ambridge resident that's got the, the shadow of HMP mm. Felpersham hanging over them. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Brian's going in the yeah, they can go and share a cell, and- couldn't they? That'd be good. Well, they get on quite well, don't they? Yeah, be like Radio Four Extra could do a, a separate series. <laughs> Brian would be a bit like Grouty from. Uh... <laughs> and Will would be. Um, was it? Was he called um, Richard Beckinsale? Sort of hapless, oh, yeah. forever God. getting things wrong. Yes. No, actually, no. Ed, that would be Ed. Will's much too. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ed. Ed would be. I can't think of another character from Porridge. Sorry. If anyone out there would like to transpose all Archer's characters into characters from Porridge, then you please do You know somebody will us. now, don't you? You know they will. Um, yeah. Uh, yes. No, I, yeah, it is another sort of um, draggy-on-y storyline, isn't it? But, you know, I think hmm. I think Ed did the right thing, which is frantic. Okay, yes, you told me. Yes, you probably shouldn't have. I wish you hadn't. You have let's just convince ourselves it never happened and on we go, you know. And then that, that, to a certain extent, that does work, you know. Hmm. The human mind is amazingly good at convincing itself that the truth isn't the truth, I think, so. Yeah, yeah. And it, I, don't, I don't think much is going to come of it, but, but all these big hints, I mean, the, the thing that will come of it, surely, is that they are sort of angling to pull them closer together. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. That they, they will finally end this this feud, this this fraternal feud. But I don't think they're ever going to. I don't think they will end it. I think right. that will that will rumble on. I think in like two decades' time, we'll still be talking about Will and Ed, you know, having a pop at each other because it's it was kind of in the womb that it was it's sort of bred in them, and um, yeah, I just can't see that changing because Will. You know, Will's just got such a bizarre attitude to Ed. He said, you couldn't wait for me to tell you, could you? Re- you wanted to, to torture me. You know, he talks mm. about him as if he's, a, he, Will talks about Ed as if Ed is psychotic, which is. And it's the other way around, yeah, isn't it, really? I yeah. Well, I don't, I don't, it's just really strange. I mean, his attitude, Will's attitude to Ed is unbelievable, unbelievably odd. But I did, I, I have to um, feel, I did feel a slight fondness for Shula because she did not. Really? Yeah, because she didn't say to her mother, actually, he got, he nearly bankrupted us because he started gambling away the stables. She did get good because Jill kept saying, what's he ever done to you? What's he ever done to you? And she did not say a word. Yeah. And I quite liked Fair that. Enough. I thought that was good. Yeah. And, and uh, a few weeks ago when she, she was the one that, 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 persuaded will to eventually go to yeah. the funeral as yeah well. yeah so she's not all bad but she is i don't know irritating yeah, yeah yeah absolutely so i think uh, alistair will finally realize that this is a blessing in disguise and he will feel uh, eventually that like a big backpack has been removed from his aching shoulders only only if he doesn't live with um, his dad and jazza for very long because i could imagine <laughs> Oh, well. never work, yeah, because I thought Jim was, he wasn't a very supportive dad, was no, he? he just kept saying, you must have done something, you idiot. <laughs> what was it, you fool? I can't <laughs> even remember what it was you did. When, when Jim said that he'd come to, I don't, you know, I disagree with her on her obsession with horses and God, but I have come yeah. to respect her, and I thought, well, that's very good. Yeah, yes. well, you know. Sorry, one, there are a couple of things, um, what? Well, one thing that, I just thought there were a couple of really odd lines, like, um, Coming from other characters, uh, so you know when Rex was out out in the, uh, the the pig field with with a damp clipboard. Yes, and he and or and he mentioned, oh, it must be something in the water, referring yeah. to. Yeah. Do you think that was a deliberate joke on Rex's part, or was it a, a knowing line that the scriptwriters had put in there? I mean, it was because it was felt like a a clanger, yeah, didn't it? Did, it really did. Yes, you could hear the reverberations. It was it was a <laughs> massive clanger. And just a bit odd, really, and yeah. completely out of not the kind of thing Rex would say, and it completely took it out of a very naturalistic dialogue into this sort of yeah, yeah knowing wink, yeah, just really yeah. I mean, strange. I could imagine, 
one of the other characters making a joke like that, but, um, you know, even Jazza or someone like that, or Jim saying, oh, it must be something in the water. Yes, but Jim, maybe. Not really. Yeah, because, Rex. because Rex is not snide at all, is he? No. He doesn't have the brains to be no. snide. <laughs> in, in, not, not, I don't mean he's stupid. I mean, he's not, his brain is not constructed yes, that way. Yes, exactly. He doesn't have he mustn't criticise people like that. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> and then all this... Oh, I, Brian is being a right B, isn't he? Well, and the B doesn't stand for yeah. Borsuch Businessman of the Year. But he does. I mean, Brian is the silverback and he is being deposed. Mm. And, you know, he's the, it's he's seeing himself... <laughs> It's not just about the business, is it? He's seeing his his status, his position in the tribe. He's seeing himself being um, overthrown. He is now the old king, and you know that's going to take a long time for it for for him to get used to that. And he's clearly not going. Yeah. He's not doing it gracefully. He's doing it about as ungracefully as you can get um, by generally, you know, chucking stuff around and refusing to give people passwords for his computer. <laughs> <like> that. <laughs> Which, you know, to be fair, a lot of us, you know, have a childish streak and we do do things like that, you know, but, but I did think Jenny's behavior was a bit odd. In, in that, what way? In that because, well, in the showdown, in, with, the, mm. in the showdown with Ruth and, and everything, she didn't mm. she 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 stood up for Brian all through with the children the start of the meeting yeah. she stood up for Brian and she kept standing up for him and kept standing up for him and having a go at him when um when uh, Alice said oh you're being you know you've lied to us blah 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 she said Alice darling blah, 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 blah. and then the second Ruth said you've got to you've got you've got to to talk to um You've got to talk to the children and tell them um, what's happening. She said, oh, no, 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 uh, 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 well, yes, all right then. And then when um, Adam said, you've got to resign, she went, yep, absolutely, yes. And it was like she decided but not told anybody. She just, it just seemed very inconsistent. She swung massively. Yeah, you'd think at least that she would, if she'd been thinking about it for a while, she would have spoken to Brian about it before the meeting and said, I think I'm, I'm going to vote yeah. this way. And, and also it, it was slightly cowardly. It was like, if I get forced into it, I'm going to have to, it definitely wasn't a, um, uh, a, a moral issue for her. If she, if he'd been happy lying and, and Ruth hadn't threatened to tell everybody everything, then Jenny would have would have been perfectly happy with Brian continuing as chair. But then as soon as someone else said, you need, I need you to, we think you should leave, she was like, right, yes, I'm just going with the winning faction, and that's my son. Have you noticed that now he's talking about my son? Yes. Said, I, if I want to spend time with my son, and, um, and then he referred to Adam as your son, and there's a lot of, all of a sudden it's all got a bit, you know, territorial. Oh, no good will come of that. But this is what the Telegraph predicted. When when Sean O'Connor left, they said the next big storyline is going to be a bust-up about inheritance. And this will be Brian attempting to disinherit Adam in favour of Rory because he's going to say, well, Adam didn't didn't support me. I think. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, dear. I'm there. So, cheese making. <laughs> you mentioned it in the model. So there are there are there are only eight more people who know how to make cheese in the Greater Borsetshire area. <laughs> well, we don't know because um, she only advertised it in the village. The silly cow. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, we talked about this months ago, didn't we? When when yeah. when they were going to build a two million pound <laughs> cheese making centre, uh, educational centre. And you just think, oh, come on. Yeah. But then, intriguingly, after, after Pat had uh, spoken with Alwyn, so we now have Alison Steadman in the oh, Archers. Yeah. Isn't that great? So lovely. If only she'd come on Dumpty Dum. Royfield, Royfield can charm her into yes. it, I'm sure. Yes, yes, she's not on Twitter, though. Sure. I don't know how we find her, but anyway. Isn't she? No. Well, we'll just go, go to the end of her street and shout. Shout, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So Absolutely. she must live in Hampstead. They all live in Hampstead, don't they? <laughs> 
<laughs> Get the tube up to Belsize Park. Yes, and shout. Uh, <laughs> shout very loudly. <laughs> um, I've completely forgotten what I, what I was about to say then. Um, you said Pat met up but, with Onwin. Onwin, yeah. And, and then when Pat was talking to Helen about the cheese-making educational enterprise, mm-hmm. she... It was hinted that she had another idea, and then it just cut off. And you think, well, what, what, what she's going to turn? What, what, what's? You know what I mean? Yeah. Did you hear that? Yeah. And also, where's Tom gone? He's, he's passed well, all the stuff to to Susan, who can't do it because she's too busy washing up all the cheese or whatever it is she's doing. So nothing's happening. The whole business. I don't know how that business makes any money at all especially in the winter when when i i used to have um uh, abel and cole um veg boxes and i know i know because i am that sort of tosser and um (laughs) but i kept cancelling them in the winter because all it was was leeks and swede and turnip and whatever else and you could pick what you wanted you could say i do not want this but it got to the stage mm. where I didn't want sort of 95% of what was in the box because vegetable British winter vegetables are horrid and boring. And I know lots of people are going to ring in and give me recipes now for bloody kale bake or something, but they are. <laughs> and they just make you crave capri tomatoes and red peppers and... Uh, you know, oh, green beans and really lovely, fresh-tasting salady things when everything is gloomy outside. If you really want to feel depressed in a British winter, eat a bloody turnip. And that is what that is what those veg boxes are full of. So how, why anybody would go to Bridge Farm in the wintertime to buy a handful of muddy leeks and a bottle of kefir? I mean... I just don't believe it. I don't believe that that business is making any money. No, no, it will be very tough in the, in if that's your business offer. But you know, it's just, and then the delivering it as well. Who delivers it? Oh God knows. Henry. And how many? If we're going to get down to the, the the practicalities and the profit and loss and how how you run the business. Um, It'll, it'll cost a fortune to deliver if it was just one of you driving yeah. around. It would take forever. Yeah. And what, you can deliver, what, 20 boxes in a day, yeah. possibly? Yeah. Yeah. All right. It's just I, nuts. I, I guess, yeah, but I guess that the script writers don't have to write out a full business plan. Maybe maybe they should. I'm... And then Ian giving, Ian giving advice, <laughs> the head chef of the uh, Grey Gables, giving advice and market, marketing ideas to... <laughs> to Helen, who is supposed to be the marketing queen, but yeah, to, but the advice wasn't even kind of. It was it was Fisher Price. The advice was advice. your idea is crap. Why, don't <laughs> don't bother don't doing you it. Advertise to people who haven't already heard about your cheese making course. That was the advice, wasn't it? Yeah, and don't do it as often. Yeah, because not that many people want to come. Yeah. And you will run out of people really, really quickly. Oh, look, that's happened. Yes, it's just absolutely thick. Anyway. Oh, and the other one was, oh, do it for people yes. who are unemployed <laughs> for free. <laughs> okay, Ian, thanks. <laughs> no, but she was like, oh, yes, that's a good idea. Yes, you know, yeah. Because in the land of the blind, the one <laughs> And bearing in mind, she's clearly... Oh, um, you know, just has no idea about any sort of business case whatsoever. But she's the one that's always criticising um, Tom for his stupid ideas. Yeah. And yeah. yet she doesn't seem to have a clue. I don't know. It just seems ridiculous. Oh, the, 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 that whole cheese-making thing sounds like somebody thought that would be a re- – one of the scriptures thought that would be a really, really good idea, and now they're trying to reverse out of it at high speed because they've realised it's <laughs> dull, boring, and pointless. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not – yeah, it is dull, boring, and pointless. And um, how do – you can't make cheese at home, can you? I mean – you can actually. Can you make cheese at home? Yeah. Can I, you? I, I, I know you can I, make yoghurt. I did a cheese making course. 
It's all coming out now. Abel and Cole Deliverers, cheese-making course. I bet you've got a bloody wooden lavatory seat as well, haven't you? No, 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 no. So middle class. I did a cheese-making course, and they said, it's so easy to do at home, it's so easy to do at home. Have I done it at home? No. Because you need to take the bloody things. It's like having a newborn baby. You have to take its temperature every two minutes to make sure it hasn't got too hot or too cold, and then anything can set it off and make it go wrong. And, you know... Shops sell cheese. You really don't need to make yes. it at home. And they sell nicer cheese than you can make. So, you know. Made by experts. You, you, one can make one's own wine at home, but um, you can't make a Chateau Neuf de Pap. No, exactly. In a, in a vat behind the telly, can you? My dad used to make rhubarb wine. So did my dad. And uh, <laughs> from his own rhubarb in, in the garden. And he kept it in a big vat behind the telly. And back in the day when men used to come along to fix your telly when it broke down. Mm-hmm. Um, a man came to fix the telly and he pulled the TV out and my dad hadn't put one of the airlocks in top of the <laughs> thing. So the bloke took the back of the telly off, stuck a screwdriver in and the lid blew off the rhubarb wine <laughs> and the bloke shat himself. <laughs> Hilarious. <laughs> and my dad used to drink this rhubarb wine out of a pint mug. <gasps> Good God. He doesn't drink at all now. Not He's 82. He's probably, <laughs> probably put him off for the rest of his life. It, di- it dissolved his teeth. <laughs> <laughs> and then Susan is so bloody obsessed. Well, I was listening earlier today, uh, obviously, and uh, Susan is so obsessed with management yeah. and being a manager. And to, to, I'm a manager. It's horrible. I hate it. It's just, you have to, it's people yeah. dealing with people and their complaints yeah. and not doing their jobs and all uh, if I could choose between earning the same amount of money and not being a manager, oh, yeah. I would. Yeah. Uh. Thing is, management is a skill in itself. You can be good at your job or you can be mm-hmm. good at managing people. I think it is a very unusual person that can be as good at their job as they are at managing people. Which is why or God like me, made... you can be crap at <laughs> Which is why God made HR. But, yeah, that's, <laughs> you know. But it, to Susan, I was thinking this is almost a bit kind of, it's the overthrow of capitalism, isn't it? Because now yeah. we've got um, we've got the Grundy's uh, empire in Grain, at Grange Farm, an yep. amazing million-pound house, whatever it is. And we have, um, uh, we have Susan and Neil from Ambridge View who are now going to be managers when Brian is looking at bankruptcy in a prison sentence. You know, it's lovely. It's like it's, it's, it's revolutionary Marxism. I quite like it. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, Jeremy Corbyn's probably going to move in to Ambridge, I imagine. Yes, well, there's no, there's the no Jewish thing. people, so he'll get on right. <laughs> I was going to say that. I was going to say that. That's one thing. I Thank you for remembering. I didn't write that down. There are no Jewish people in Ambridge. No. Hmm, no. Interesting. They'll probably crowbar one in yes. now because of, yes. now sport relief's over. They'll, you know, <laughs> they'll get one in for, for Yom Kippur or whatever. <laughs> There'll be a Yom Kippur app that we, everyone's going to yeah. talk about. Yom Kippur app. Oh, God. Well, they missed Passover. So. <laughs> right, we've yammered on quite a bit there. Shall we go to the caller in? Yes. Hello, Ambridge3962. By the way, did I just make up a word there? Yammer. Is that a real word? It is, isn't it? It's, it's a it's portmanteau of yes. yak, and, yak and hammer on. Okay, <laughs> right, okay. Oh, dear. I can only apologise, dear listener. Miriam is first up, and she reckons that you're all wrong. Hello, it's Miriam from Edinburgh here. I'm walking Bertie the dog. And basically, I just wanted to say that Miss Mid City and you guys have it wrong. Uh, Nick told Will that she wanted to confess, and the police will convince her not to. This was obviously on her mind the entire time. So when it came to her being on her deathbed and not being with Will, she was free to confess without him being there. So um, that's all I wanted to say, really. I think that makes it more believable. 
I thought I'd leave the car sound effects in the background. I, was I thought say. she was about to get run over. <laughs> Bloody hell, Nick's at it again from beyond the grave. I'm not sure she, she should be walking her dog down the M4, which is what she sounds like she's doing. Anyway. Um, yes, no, I agree. I do. I, I'm mm. loath to disagree with Miss Mood City because she's quite scary. But I do agree with Miriam because, um, yes, it was clearly something that was on her mind. And she kept, mm. from what Will said, um, she kept coming back to it. And um, if anyone else had been arrested, she said, well, all right, I'll go along with this. But if anyone else is arrested, I will go and hand myself in and blah, blah, blah. So, you know, it it was she certainly wasn't comfortable. She wasn't thinking, well, hey, I got away with it. Um, and the fact that Will wasn't there meant that she could confide. And also, as she was, you know, a believer and she went to church, she did want to clear her conscience before she died. Hmm. Yeah. Loads, loads of people on the board and and on Twitter just can't accept that that Nick ran Matt over. I mean, even even now they're saying, "Oh, well, maybe you know it's not quite true," and "Oh, I can't." And and now that they have to accept that, that they're saying, "Oh, well, it just doesn't make sense that the scriptwriters have have mm. crammed this in some somehow, and it's it's all too constructed." Nice people do mm-hmm. silly, foolish things all the time. And, and it was an accident. It wasn't like she saw him and thought, right, I'll, you know, I'll get him in my sights and then put my foot down. No. We presume. But I, I, we, one does presume. I, I have um, a, uh, a friend who was driving yeah. home one night and she from work and it uh, was about 10 o'clock at night and she was no 11 o'clock and she was driving down the slip road onto a motorway and you know you're yeah. looking at the cars that are coming along trying to gauge the speed and what time you what speed you should come out and yeah. um in front of her headlights appeared the figure of a man and <gasps> she hit him and killed him and Shoot. Uh, he was very drunk. He was coming back from the pub and he had mistaken the slip road for his road, his residential road. He'd mm. taken the first turning, not the second turning. And um, they presume that's what he did anyway. And he was trying to cross yeah. the slip road. And she was doing sort of, you know, 65. He didn't stand a chance and he literally just, there he was. And she had to go to court and look at his mother across yeah. the, across the, the, the courtroom. You know, she was Gosh. charged. Uh, they were wanted to, um, you know, say it was manslaughter. She was it was a possibility of manslaughter, and it was reduced to accidental death. And you know, she it was fine because they said he, you know, his blood. The, 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 she was completely clear. He had about eight times the limit for, for alcohol in his system, and blah blah blah. Oh God, but, poor you know, woman. Yeah, I mean, the, but the, that is that, that happen. It, it happens. It does happen. And on a country road that you know, and someone suddenly sort of totters out in front of you in the dark, I don't think it's mm. not unlikely that you would hit them. Oh God! Oh. I know. I, I I don't I don't own a car, but I do I do rent cars and drive up to Scotland and um, no, like you do, and uh, it is something that that scares me because i don't drive very often so therefore i'm i'm in a new hire car yeah. i tend to be more inter- tend to be more interested in trying to get the sat nav to work and the dab and it's just so easy to get yeah. distracted by the electric yeah. seats and all those oh god yeah but it's more likely to uh, to be a deer jumping out in front of yeah. them and killing me yeah. than <laughs> than than a bloke in a, a kilt <laughs> with a caber although if you hit a bloke with a caber you'll probably <laughs> haggis yourself anyway aren't you <laughs> Anyway, folks, if you're driving, be careful yes, out there. Yes. And um, be even more careful if you're a pedestrian. Yeah. That's my advice. <laughs> All right. Oh, God, dear. I'm, I'm going to walk to the pub quiz later. I'm going to I'm gonna go the back way over the marsh park. Yes. <laughs> mm. Put your fluorescent right. mm. Anyway, Miriam, we agree with you. Yes. Definitely. Yes. Okay. Right. Speaking of. Um, well, the curse of Dumpty Dum strikes again, does it not? What's happened because now? I, well, I, I had a bruised pubis, and then I cut my finger over ever so slightly. But poor old Witherspoon. Oh, yes. He's been in the wars, yes. isn't he? Oh, dear. And he's the next caller in So, uh, well, let's, let's hear from Witherspoon. 
Greetings, Lucy, Royfield, Robert, Millie Bell, and all Dumpty Dumbers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. Many of you know that I took a tumble while hill walking in Scotland, had a misadventure with the NHS, and I'm now in a walking boot with a broken right leg for the next six to eight weeks. Fortunately, I am being well taken care of by my husband, and I am making sure that he knows how appreciative I am of him. Why, you ask? I certainly don't want to wind up in the dustbin of broken marriages like (laughs) Shula and Alistair and perhaps Jenny and Brian. Unlike many Dumpty Dumbers, including my colleague and pal New York Nigel, and I've encouraged him to call in, I have a certain degree of empathy for the much maligned Shula. I see many like Shula in my office, late middle-aged people, usually women, who have stayed in a less-than-satisfying marriage for many years until the kids are grown. With the death of Caroline and Dan as an adult, she is looking squarely at 60 in a few months, as an aside, so am I, and doesn't want to stay with a man she doesn't love. We don't have to like her as a person, and I don't, but we can accept her decision. Shula and Alistair's trip to Scandinavia was indeed an important clue left by the scriptwriters regarding the cold heart of their marriage. I see many couples like them split up and each find happiness with a new partner. My brother and his wife are an example. It's like a game of musical chairs for 50 and 60-somethings. Jenny and Brian are another matter. Briefly, we've discovered what a frigid and paranoid heart beats in Brian's chest and what a nasty thing he whispered Soto Voce to Adam at to end the week. Mm. I think Adam should quote Brian verbatim, loudly and clearly, to all at the next family meeting. Well, time to stop talking and rip this Frankenstein boot off my leg. It must be 50 degrees centigrade in there. Talk to you all soon. Well, I hope you've got odor eaters in it. That's all I can say. <laughs> it... I, I broke my foot and I've had to wear one of those, um, co- coincidentally in Scotland as well, I've had to wear one of those boots and um, they're actually not as bad as having a proper cast on because you don't have to get a knitting needle down to, to scratch your veruca <laughs> or whatever. But um, many, many sympathies. And if anyone's seen on Twitter the steepness of those stairs in New York they have to climb every day, <laughs> I think you should probably wear a crash helmet as well. Poor Witherspoon. Yeah, he's absolutely right, though, at the end there, when it was that, that thing at the meeting, he said to Adam, yeah. and you just, and he was spat it through his teeth, was, and I just yeah. thought, no need for that, Brian. Oh. It was, re- yes, that was really, uh, nasty. really nasty, really venomous, and that's the word I was you could kind of see how he sort of, put up with Adam for a long time and now he's obviously decided I don't have to do this anymore and it's like giving him an excuse to absolutely you know rip him to shreds he's really really going for it I think well it's all looking very King Lear isn't it yeah, in yeah, a way. Yeah. and and, uh, I confidently so expect who, that we will have a scene very soon where Brian is either absolutely rat or will get himself into some sort of state and he'll start raving and 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 um and they'll all be listening with open mouthed as he's sort of being unbearably rude to everybody and then that will herald the 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 withdrawal of the of the inheritance and all that and he'll start resharing because that's all the power he's got now is to share Hmm. it all out people people when they're when they're um their power starts to ebb. I think their their physical power and their kind of emotional power. Um, that's when they the only thing that they've got left, their only chip that they've got left, is money and inheritance and things. And that's when they start so, talking about I've changed my will and blah, 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 you know. He sh- shares shares a, a, a trait with. Uh... Hello there, everyone. It's New York Nigel here with a quick message. Just wanted to say how much I enjoyed that little vignette of Susan and Neil in that office with the swivel chair and the 360 degree windows. You can just see Neil in that grubby jumper and Susan taking the photo. And you know, maybe perhaps one night when the lights over the pig sheds go off, Susan could sneak in after work hours and visit Neil with a Tupperware full of chili. She seemed very excited by the scenario. Perfect Susan material, really well-written, well-acted, made me smile. I sometimes think that that's the best of the Archers, really, a social commentary. 
and it's good to see Brian back to his old self. It was, you know, an interesting diversion for a while, watching him go into his dotage in a sort of badly tied white velour dressing gown, uh, mooching about, complaining about Kate and Lillian and the raids on his wine cellar. But it, I don't think it did it much justice in the end as that unpleasant and manipulative person we knew him to be before several other more recent baddies occupied a space like Rob and Matt and at one moment potentially Justin. Uh, now, far from complaining about Kate, he's actually behaving like Kate, except in a more sort of premeditated, manipulative and uh, nastier way. Looking forward to seeing what happens next. and. Finally, notice I haven't said a word about Shula. Thanks for being such a great distraction at a busy time and signing off for now. Bye. Oh, I need to read this um, email from Yvette in New Zealand. Oh, yeah. All right. She says, uh, mm-hmm. I've been listening to Dumpty Dum for over two years. I was a fair weather listener at first, but since I've moved from Australian city to the New Zealand countryside, it's become a necessary thing. As a city girl with no knowledge of cows, fencing wire or hay bales, the fictional countryside is helping me adjust to the real countryside. We have wild turkeys, Royfield, and their nonchalance is something to behold. My Archer's character would be Charlie Thomas, I think, as my first Archer's episode was Kirsty and Tom's wedding. I was, oh, in a beautiful, yeah, I was in a beautiful house in Wiltshire with my friends Tim and Sharon, who said they had to listen to that evening's episode as the wedding was going to be the focal point. All I remember from the episode was something was something going to get a tractor and Kirsty screaming. As the episode progressed <laughs> and it became clear that this wedding was not going ahead, at each crucial pot, plot point, Tim would mutter, oh dear. Tim, as fate would have it, has a voice not dissimilar to Royfield and a laugh much the same. My wife and I were in the UK from Australia to visit Wiltshire as Tim was in the final stages of terminal cancer and he reckoned he had another good month left in the world and he wanted to spend two of those weeks with us. So the archers will forever be bound to my love for Tim and his wife, Sharon. And I kept listening when I got home from Australia as a way to keep my connection to him. And at some point, the whole thing became a necessary addiction. We've all been there, Yvette. We started, oh, I could take this and leave it. And the next thing you know, you're thinking, hurry up, five past seven. Um, (laughs) Once I'd sorted out who was who, Archer from Grundy, posh from working class, irritating from endearing. I quickly developed a great fondness for Ian, a tolerance of Helen, an indifference to Harrison and the hero worship of Linda. I've never encountered such fierceness from a fan base before, to the point that I know many will be insulted that I've suggested that they are fans at all. Fans are for comic books and Doctor Who. The Archers is, for most Dumpty Dum listeners, etched into the fabric of their being, as Stephen Fry puts it. Um, she talks about the, the scriptwriters playing the long game, and she said um, that the, you know, the, the, the fall of the House of Aldridge you know, was one stupid decision forty years ago. What other, what other, <laughs> what other soap opera really would let you would let a storyline revive it after forty years? Um, <laughs> and uh, she says, uh, "Thank you for helping me to adjust to my remote but granted quite beautiful new address in the middle of nowhere." Thank you very much, Yvette. What a lovely email. That was marvelous. Oh, and um, I have a friend who moved to New Zealand, and he, on Facebook, he's. Uh, Showing pictures of the the lovely house he's building himself wow. in 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 a field, and it's just oh, I hate him. <laughs> um, he's my friend. And Yvette, I have a very similar feeling towards you. Too. Um, <laughs> thanks for the invite. No, that was wonderful. Yeah, I mean, it is it's absolutely true. What she says is that you start, you just you catch it on in someone else's yeah. kitchen or whatever, yeah. and then you. You you leave it on after the news quiz, <laughs> radio four after the news quiz, and you catch, and then eventually you you start to deliberately listen, <laughs> but you keep it a secret from your friends and family. It's a bit like I don't know. Um, let's keep this clean. It's a bit like you know having a crafty fag around the back of the cycle sheds, yes, isn't it? Yeah, like yeah. And then eventually. You just think, oh, sod it, and you, you spark up in front of anyone. <laughs> mm. My 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 tipping point was um, I was I was waiting for the Ardnamurchan ferry. It's all about Scotland this week. You know, I, I was waiting for the Ardnamurchan ferry. Uh, I was in a car, and I was listening to the radio, and it was two o'clock. 
and the world at one had finished and the archers came on and i'd listened on, off and on before but that's when i started listening straight away ah. um, not straight away but you know but as as a full-time listener what about you lucy uh, mine was when my mum was doing the, it's forever associated with the smell of um, warm detergent because um, I used to okay. come into the kitchen after I'd had my lunch when I was very little. And um, it for, for some reason, I associate it with the, the smell of the laundry in the twin tub. Um, oh, twin yeah, tub. Yeah, trundling okay. around the kitchen by itself. And uh, <laughs> um, uh, and yeah, and hearing the, the theme music. And um, not really knowing, you know, not understanding it, but just, yeah, it's just sort of part of the background music of my childhood. And then the first big storyline I remember was um, that I cared about uh, was Elizabeth mm. uh, being dumped on the lay-by by Cameron Fraser. Okay. <laughs> and that was the first one that kind of um, uh, had resonance for me definitely because the rest of it all just seemed like quite grown up you know it was just grown ups being boring and talking about money and how tired they were and then and then that but that kind of because I like Lizzie because she was wanted to be a journalist and um she was quite you know um feisty and quite kind of sparky and so I sort of related to her I suppose a bit okay hmm, hmm. You you had to mention twin tubs there. I've just had all these memories of <laughs> twin tubs, and half I mean, young anyone under thirty five doesn't know what the hell a twin tub is. Well, you know, it was dirty washing food. That's what thing. it was, wasn't it? Yeah, exactly. There used to be such a thing as wash day because yes. you didn't do it yeah. every day, and you did, and you used to you pulled your twin tub out of the pantry or from under the stairs because they were on wheels. You, they weren't necessarily just plumbed into the kitchen. And you had those big wooden tongs yes, as well. Remember yes, the big yes, wooden yes. tongs? Yeah. I can smell it yeah. now. And so mum 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 had a twin tub. Um and and a, the the woman that lived next door, not the adjoining house, but over the wall. I used to call her Auntie Mimi. And she had she had a twin tub and I just I can smell the aerial yeah, now yeah. as I went went across for yeah. jam and bread and yeah. a cup of coffee. Yeah. On my school holidays. Oh, <laughs> send us in your memories of twin cups. Nobody and can other... say we haven't got our finger on the pulse, Robert. <laughs> Mid nineteen seventies white goods memories. <laughs> Do you remember UHT milk bottles <laughs> that had the metal caps on? Ah, you're our kind of. Oh. oh dear! Ah, oh, shall we shut up yeah. now? <clears throat> Let's pay the bills. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. If you're listening to this podcast, you're most probably listening through a pair of headphones, which means I have the perfect sponsor with the perfect product for you. It's Studio, and they want to revolutionize the way people see headphones. Generally, fashionable headphones tend to lack the 
proper sound quality and the high-tech ones are bulky and not design orientated. Studio bridged that gap while emphasizing sleek, modern Scandinavian design. To get a 15% discount on any of their wares, go to studiosweden.com, which is spelled S-U-D-I-O Sweden.com, and simply put in the code DTD when purchasing a pair of headphones. Hi, this is Lucy, and you're listening to Walkie Talkie. Every day, I walk my dog in and around Epping Forest, and there's a regular group of dog walkers that uh, catch up with each other, and the group of us, you know, we're from all kinds of different backgrounds. The one thing we have in common is that we all have dogs, obviously, and I sort of came up with the idea of recording these conversations because there's something quite confessional about walking side by side with somebody. There's no eye contact. You can just plod along. You know the names of their dog. You quite often don't know their name. You definitely don't know their surname. And uh, it's just a very odd little hour out of the day. And you can get some really startling insights into people's lives because they know that you don't have a relationship with them outside of the dog. And also if things get a bit, you know, emotional or a bit too close you can distract yourself with whatever the dog's doing or you get quite close to people in a remote way it's an intriguing sort of mixture with people's permission obviously I started recording some of the conversations and it sort of grew and now people ask if they can come on the walk even though they don't have a dog because I think they just like the space to talk so this is walkie talkie I hope you enjoy it, and I'll see you in the forest. Time now, I think, for a little bit of Millie Bell discussing the social media and the forum. Good day, everyone. Well, the Dumpty Dum forum has gone a little bit quiet, but I would like to give a big shout-out to Stephanie Powers, who really does have some great discussion starters and is obviously there, ready and waiting to meet some new friends. So if you would like to discuss April Fool's Day or Brian and the business, and there's lots to discuss there, please jump onto our forum, dumptydum.com forward slash forums. I would also like to do a shout-out for Cara Courage, who has put in a call for papers for the fourth Academic Archers Conference. Wouldn't it be a hoot if one of our many listener inners, or Royf, or Lucy, or Witherspoon, any of our wonderful people, were to put in a paper and to be highlighted at the conference? Uh, there is a piece on our website on our facebook page so please if you would like to put in a paper for the one day conference which is being held uh, next year i'm just looking for on the 6th of april 2019 and it will be held at the university of sheffield so if it being in the south in the past has been a problem for you that shouldn't be a problem any longer um we have had lots to say on the facebook page as usual um, and a lot of it is has been initiated by me around the fact that I find Jill so judgmental around the issue of Shula's breakup. I would have thought that her instinct would be to support her daughter, but it seems to me that Jill is only interested in the fact that she, you know, she treats Alastair like a son. Therefore, how could she do this? Has she tried hard enough? Does she realise that she's made vows? And I'm really confident that Shula's already thought all this through. And I guess we try really hard as parents not to judge. So Jill is driving me crazy. <laughs> um, but Franklin Habits had a slightly different take and said um, that he would love to see Jill pick up Alistair on the rebound. <laughs> and Mandy Kidd said one sees a staggering amount of people with issues about Jill or Peggy's concern for their family on various Archer's forums. Mothers often continue to mother their children no matter how old. And I think their interference a reflection of matriarchal behaviour. And I do agree that mothers do continue to mother their children no matter how old Mandy Q, but I also wonder whether really someone of those ages are going to have that discussion. Because Jill is just so pragmatic. Anyway, uh, Pete Ronson says, Welcome to the 21st century, Jill Archer. I do hope this uh, script writers make good on this narrative and follow through with it to show that women in Shula's position like her or not can make a change in their lives for the better perhaps this will be the making of her 
give her the opportunity to experience the world unburdened by the shackles of an unhappy marriage. If they capitulate to Jill's whims, however, I think that will reflect negatively, particularly in these times when women's equality issues are so much in the public eye. Absolutely agree. It's doing my head in. Uh, so, yep, I'm just looking through and we did have lots of discussions about uh, Jill and Shula. So please jump on and have a look if you'd like to see the many various opinions we had. We also talked about the Ambridge cricket team, which seems to be a bit stuffed at the moment with Adam and Will not being able to play. So we wondered whether the women players are going to have to jump in and save the day. Janice Betson said Harrison is going to be turning over in his mind what it could have been that Will thought he was after him for. Um, Kate Cocaine is saying, let's hope not as the cricket storyline is so dull. I must admit, I'm not a fan of cricket myself, but I just love these annual things that happen in Ambridge, such as the uh, Food and Produce Show and the cricket. So I agree with you, but, you know, that's part of village life, I guess. Uh, Denise Tomlinson said, they may change their minds if Shula and her meat paste sandwiches are no longer a threat. (laughs) Thank you, Dusty. Um, And Robert Wilson said, they may have to resort to ball tampering. Thank you. (laughs) I did not. I'm not discussing ball tampering at the moment. Thank you, Robert. Uh, Lots and lots more. We also put up the link to the latest walkie-talkie, which is absolute... It's a ripper, so you must uh, get onto that if you haven't already. Uh, So, yeah, look, there's so much more that we talked about this week, but I am running out of time. I would like to encourage you, please get onto the forum um, and let's liven that up a little bit. Uh, but also, please continue talking to Witherspoon and myself on the Facebook page because it is very lively on there. You do make my week, all of you. You are a funny lot. And I mean that in an amusing way, <laughs> not you're all a bit odd, although maybe you are. But yeah. anyway, until next week, from me to you, hooroo. Hooroo. They are a bit odd too. I mean, come on, you've, we're all a bit odd. I mean, we don't we don't allow normal people to listen to Dumpty Dum, do no, we, Lucy? Well, normal people don't listen to the answers generally. <laughs> quite, quite. Now, speaking of uh, social events, and I haven't organised this. I, I, I was asked to organise this, but we do have a Dumpty Dum meetup. It doesn't mean I don't want to go, and it doesn't mean I'm not enthusiastic about it. But it does mean that I was able to put it in the pub, which is five and a half minutes walk from my house. <laughs> but we have a meetup on the 28th of April at the Marsh Harrier Pub, which is on Marsh Road in Oxford. Uh, do come along. It's at one o'clock on that Saturday. And I, I've got people like Nosilla, uh, Titian73, who was the person who spurred uh, us on to organise this. Auntie Jean is going to make an appearance. <laughs> Catherine Rowan Jones uh, said she's going to try and come along, and Jed and White uh, said that um, he's he's uh, he's got a cup final, and uh, but if he can dump his kids for an hour, he's going to pop along. <laughs> but the marsh is child friendly, but I'm not, um, and it's dog friendly. I am child friendly generally, um, and in more, uh, it's, in, it's more dog too. in more exciting news also. Um, we are doing nope. a live Dumpty Dum on the 14th of May at the BBC Club. Um, same format as last time. Uh, I think it started at seven last time-ish, mm. because I remember listening yep. to the Archies through their headphones, I think. Um, but yes, so if you are in or around London or fancy a trip down then or up, depending where you're coming from, uh, then we would love to see you there. Hopefully, we may have some Archers cast members coming along too, to be confirmed. Wow, that's exciting. Yes. Oh. I might get on the Sharabang and pop along. <laughs> yes. Right, it's about time that we had uh, some tweets of the week, Lucy, don't it you? It is. Um, Mark B. Now, this is me. This is me. I'm having to do my um, an accent now that I'm terrible at. Um, uh, uh, Alison Stedman in Abigail's party. Uh, future script ideas, Kerry Davis. I like Demis Roussos. Pat likes Demis Roussos, <laughs> and Shuna likes Demis Roussos. <laughs> um, the Ambridge Observer had uh, Henry saying, "I am very gently forcing Jack's head through the wailings, Gwanny." <laughs> <laughs> uh, little Kim said Adam's getting a morning off that'll be plenty of time when the baby arrives exactly um, <laughs> Jan Spangle had Elizabeth saying why 
we dead to Shula? Why don't you ring David and ask him if he's available to throw Alistair off the roof? <laughs> <laughs> and Greg's, uh, well, that Joel fella, I should call him, um, uh, said, I like to imagine the chicken factory is the student night at Felpersham's only gay bar. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> oh, well, that just about rounds things off, doesn't mm. it? Remember, to get in contact, you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe on the website or call 0203 031 3105. That's 0203 031 3105 to leave a message. You can find Royfield and Lucy and uh, most of the rest of the gang at Dumpty Dum on at Dumpty Dum. Lucy is at Lucy V Freeman on Twitter and I can be found at Naked Fingers. See you next time. Bye. I was wondering if you were going to say goodbye or not. <laughs> I like to leave people in the yeah, It did sound today. like I was signing off from the Today program, <laughs> trying to avoid the piss. I admit that. <laughs> Let's say goodbye. I'll say it more warmly. Bye, folks. Bye. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.